I first started at radio and there would be, you know, every week there would be literally dozens and dozens of CDs. Mm. And believe me, once that word gets out that you're unreliable, yeah. that you won't show up, forget it. You mm. will, you, your reputation, it's, it's an incredibly tight industry. Everybody knows, you'd be amazed how many people know each other. Like you, you might go through 10,000 people that don't like your music and then somebody does and that person could open the doors. I'm joined today by Roy Busnett, a local radio DJ and owner of this beautiful podcast space that we're recording in today. How are you, Roy? I'm very good. Thanks for uh, inviting me onto your show. Just for the listeners at home, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your journey in radio so far? Okay. Um, well, I currently present the daytime talk show on Liverpool Live Radio, which is a radio station based in the heart of Liverpool, between 10 and 1 o'clock in the day. And basically what that is, is um, you know, a bunch of people that can be anything from celebrities to people who are doing stuff in the local community, politicians, all kinds mm. of stuff, anything really. And they'll come along and I'll speak to them on the show. And the way I ended up being where I am now goes back to around about 1997 and prior to that point I had been a, a club DJ a pub and club DJ and I developed a comedy act and I was putting that into my routine and we, we took it a step further we started going making little spoof videos this is way before TikTok and all mm. of that started making spoof videos um, stood for election in 1997 that's another story <laughs> and um, a friend of mine had said that um, radio station up in Lancashire, Rock FM, were looking for somebody to front up their road show. They had a truck that was travelling around the northwest. They were looking for people. You had to go down and do an audition. If you got an audition, they would give you, um, you know, possibility to be on the the truck and be the front man of the road show. So I went down, did the audition, and basically ended up doing the job. And I was happy doing that because I didn't really have any ambitions to be on radio. But then my then boss at the time, Paul Jordan, had said, "We need to do something with you." And I was like, oh, right, okay. Uh, so they give me what was called a graveyard slot. This is mm. the kind of six till, sorry, 12 till six in the morning job. Yeah. And I did that um, and I was okay. It wasn't exceptional. And then I covered a few shows and it wasn't quite there. And then it was suggested that I do the talk show. And that was late night talk show. And I got that straight away. I really understood it mm. because the, the difference between music radio and talk radio is that you are limited within the time when you're doing a music-based show because you know that people are listening because they want to hear the music. So yeah. you, you can't really be a little bit, you know, go off on a tangent with your conversation, whereas you can if you're doing talk, talk radio. So I did. Uh, and I ended up doing that, and it was quite successful. I, I ended up getting that job. And I've been now, this, this would be the fourth radio station that I'm working on now where I've been able to specialise in talk radio, which is my, my preferred... Mm. show to do but um i've managed in my time because i've done a lot of breakfast shows i've done drive time and they are very music led shows yeah. you know so you get you get a good uh, understanding of how the industry works which has changed quite radically mm. in the last few years it were it would, used to be the case that when i first started at radio and there would be you know every week there would be literally dozens and dozens of cds that were sent in by mm. music companies saying, you need to be playing this song. And they'd have a little bit of a blurb on it. And like, you know, you need to be playing this, you need to be playing this. And at the time, each individual radio station had their own program director who would determine, determine whether that song would end up 
on the playlist. It's much more centralised now. And, you know, for the big organisations where there's those individual radio stations up and down the country would have had that person doing it. One person does it now. So that is one of the big changes. And so if you like, there's less people available to impress to yeah. get your your uh, your track played, if you like. Yeah, and uh, on top of that, there's just even more competition from more artists trying to get on the radio in the first place, right? Well, well there is. And I, I, there's, there's co- competition generally exists in absolutely everything now, yeah. whether it be in the music industry, acting industry, comedy, the workplace, it doesn't matter. So in order for you to... Um, you know, to, to, to be successful in what you want to do, you do need a different angle. You want to make sure mm. that people are like, oh, wow, okay, that's a bit unusual. And, of course, the, one of the big things, the advantages of um, the way music is now is that you can establish an audience before you even get on the radio. Years yeah. ago, in order to establish an audience, you would need to be on the radio, hence the reason why you had uh, record pluggers that would come around a radio station saying, you need to be playing this song. Mm. But now, you know, if you are prepared to put the spade work in and, you know, get yourself noticed so that you can demonstrate the fact that a quarter of a million people follow your YouTube channel and, you know, they see what you're doing, then the radio station is going to think, yeah, well, that's popular. Those people who like that music are going to translate into listeners for the radio station. Yeah, we'll play your song. You know, so it works quite well like that now. Yeah. I mean, I suppose with all those different avenues, do you still think radio is important for artists in promoting their yeah, music? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I mean, there's certainly a, a, from a generational <coughs> point of view, you still have um, a lot of people that do listen to the radio for music. Now, we, we, we're kind of a, a an, an interesting point. And I remember being in Rock FM back in, I want to say, early part of the two thousands, and a guy had come down to speak to us to talk about what was the super youth. And what they meant by that was effectively people who were in the 40s, right? Whereas traditionally back in the day, you're in your 40s, you're a pipe and slippers man, all of that kind of stuff. If you went back to the 50s and 60s, and that's what people were doing, but super youth people were still going to gigs, still going and buying music and all of this kind of stuff Mm. and taking an interest in the music industry. So that meant that there's more longevity for people to buy records, as it were, because people are listening and actively being involved in the music industry yeah. than they did, they did perhaps a, a generation previous and what have you. Um, so th- these days, these days, you know, it is, um, you know, you're right to come, to come back to the point you're making. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. But to come back to the point you're making, is radio still relevant? Yeah, because I'm part of this super youth yeah. generation, if you like, and you know, we were brought up on radio. So, yeah, I get in my car, I put the radio on. Sometimes it might be Radio 1 or a commercial radio station. Sometimes it might be Radio 4. I'll turn it off when the arch is on, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but the um, the value of it, certainly for people of my age, absolutely. Now, in, in, of your age, then you'd have to answer that question. Mm. Um, I think, and, and that's not because, oh, younger people are not that bothered about the radio. You haven't been brought up on it. You've been brought up on different listening mediums like your phone, iPod, and whatever the platform, the streaming platforms that there are. Mm. So things are radically different in terms of how people listen to music now. But of course, the big thing is, is there still a value for radio in terms of an artist getting some, you know, traction? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think as much as all these other forms of promotion and streaming services and things, 
are important. It's I did some research and I think radio is much more popular than people assume it is. I think I was um, reading so it said 88% of the UK tune into radio weekly for an average of 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And that there's a there's a little bit of a renaissance going on within radio with some things like uh, smart speakers like Amazon Alexa and yeah. things like that where I think it says uh, 64% of people who own a smart speaker listen to the radio on it, which is sort of bringing radio back a little bit, I think. But, yeah, I, I think it would have been good. You see that with vinyl. Um, yeah. You know, people buy vinyl, they pay a lot of money to go, you know, for vinyl. For me personally, because I remember when the CD first landed and the difference in quality was incredible. I loved it. I thought, this is great. And mm. yet you had the purists at the time were saying, oh, God, this is killing music. Because, you know, they, they wanted to hear the, the friction between the vinyl and the needle. I don't. I always remember, it's a true story of this, actually, that when CD first came out, there was a company offering to put the hiss back onto the CD so it sounded more like vinyl, not me. Mm. The clearer that it can be, the better. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think, um, you know, the way people, you know, still listen to music is, is massive, you know what I mean? And the way people kind of, you know, access it, Obviously, the world's a lot different, but you know, there's people still. I was I was impressed by those statistics there, to be honest with you, because I thought, wow, it's still as popular as that. Yeah, I need to tell me radio boss might get a pay rise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there's a sort of perception that it's not as big as it actually is, because I think there's there's also a bit of a sort of growth in sort of alternative online and digital radio stations. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, here in Liverpool, we've got Melodic Distraction and. Across the nation, there's um, platforms like Mixcloud that allow people to sort of make their own online yeah. radio stations mm. and sort of develop an audience through there. And it's, there's so many opportunities now in radio, sort of maybe more than there were 10 years ago, I think. Mm. As, and another platform that's similar to that is uh, BBC Introducing, which is a great way for artists to be able to submit their music uh, free of charge to um, to their local BBC uh, station. So there's there's definitely a lot more opportunity there than there was I, 10 I, years I ago. think the other thing is as well, is <coughs> that the, there is still the perceived, um, you know, what's it called? Uh, the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for there? The, the, the premium of being on radio. It's still a bit of prestige yeah. that you've got on the radio. So it still has that gravitas in that sense, because I mean, you, you know yourself that if people are going to be using Mixcloud and all of them, then that's down to the individual artist to kind of get that to become popular. And mm. you think, well, you know, if you're on the radio, then you're recognised yeah. as doing something, and it does give you that little bit of prestige, I think. Yeah. Do you think it sort of builds that um, sort of credibility for artists as well? Because can... yeah, I would say so. Because I mean, as I said, you, you can look at the figures that you would have. On a, on a platform somewhere and think there's many people like my music but if you're talking about going on the radio then obviously somebody's made a decision yeah that's good we want a piece of it and therefore it gives you a bit more credibility i believe yeah how does radio stand out then in comparison to some of those other forms of music promotion we've talked about well again i think it would probably be that um historical kind of background that people of a certain age brought up on it um, you know, radio, yeah, I heard this on the radio the other day. It's, it sounds like a great thing. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the the randomness of it as well, because, I mean, if you were a fan of a band and you've got them on your iPod or whatever it is or something like that, you can listen to it whenever, whereas you could just be driving along and you're listening to the radio and your song comes on. Mm. I mean, that is like, you know, wow. And you think to yourself, you look around, you think all of these people can listen 
to my music right now. It's happening. They yeah. haven't literally got to go to a <clears throat> website and say, I want to listen to that. So the power of it is still, it's still enormous. Yeah. One thing I would say though, you know, with, with regards to, you know, what the whole thing about your podcast is about here. And people would say, uh, you know, people, how do you get into radio? Uh, and I've even, you know, I've had a lot of actors that's been on the show and they'll say, how do you get into acting and all of that kind of stuff. Well, the first thing that I believe is, you mean, fundamentally, you've got to have your skill, you've got to have your product, and then you've got to know people. Because, you know, people say, oh, you've done okay, you've worked on 12 radio stations. Well, the first one, yeah, I got in through an audition. But subsequent radio stations that I've been to after that, I knew people. You know, people mm. say, hey, Roy, I'm moving up here, do you want to come? Yeah, brilliant. So it's important to have your contact book, huge. Yeah. And the other thing is, but if you say to somebody, I'm going to that gig, I'm going to be there, be there. Because you will tend to find that people who, um, you know, say, I, I have it with, you know, when I've done radio stuff, and you tend to find it happens with reality stars quite a bit. And they, you can see they want to advance, they want to be someone. And they'll say, well, come on the show. And then five minutes before, I can't make it. Mm. And believe me, once that word gets out that you're unreliable, yeah. that you won't show up, forget it. You mm. will, you, your reputation, it's, it's an incredibly tight industry everybody know you'd be amazed how many people know each other mm. within the entertainment world even though there are tens of thousands of people involved in it and I, that is the real important thing you need to go to the opening of an envelope if you if you really believe in your music the music will not be good enough to just get you there alone yeah. you've got to be able to package that you've got to be able to sell that you've got to be able to make sure that you know people know yeah what your music's all about and you do that by having as many contacts as you possibly can yeah and that's that having those contacts is something that directly applies to getting your music on the radio as well isn't it it's knowing of course the it right does, people. yeah i mean you know back in the day you know when i was talking about that you would have people that would be hawking um dozens and dozens of cds saying listen to this listen to that there would have almost been an inevitability that a music planner would have been doing a favour for somebody because mm. they liked that person. They thought, well, I don't particularly like that song, but it's Johnny, he's amazed. Yeah, I'll put his song on. And there's probably yeah. been so many songs that have been big hits because of that. So that's what I'm mm. saying. But, but you develop your, uh, your relationship with these people. It's vital. If you don't know anybody, it's going to be a struggle. Some people will get on to where mm. they want to go by sheer luck. Um, there's a tremendous documentary on about Wham! at the moment which I watched, and I don't know if you're a Wham fan, but it doesn't matter. It's worthwhile watching this documentary mm. to show about how luck plays its part because there was the first two songs, which are well-known hits for Wham, uh, Wham Rap and uh, Young Guns. The first one they brought out, Wham Rap, which I think it was number two in the charts when it was re-released, didn't even get in the top 100. Mm. The other one didn't get in the top 40. It was only because somebody was on top of the pops and couldn't make it a space became available and they just happened to be the first person that got the call. The difference that that made to them was completely life-changing, you know, So, but they yeah. were prepared to do it. Now that's a real look option, but that only happens every so often. So you need to be working hard to get your product spotted. And the yeah. way you do that is by having the network. So network, and I mean network in a sense, sensible kind of friendly way. If you start, if you just go up to people and you start shoving your card on the people's nose yeah. every time, they'll soon get fed up with that. But if you can think to yourself, I know that person. I've got things in common with that person. I'm at an event where I can speak to them. Then you do it and then yeah. you enhance your network. 
Um, so in terms of pitching to radio stations for artists, um, how do, I know, as you said, it's often built on connections and friendships, but how do you and fellow radio DJs typically find the music you're going to play on your shows, if not through friendships? Is there a- um, it's, it's just not like how it used to be. Um, the radio <clears throat> station I work on at the moment, it's just a question of we'll listen to something, do we like it, we play it. Because there's no pluggers knocking on our door as such mm. anymore. Um, so we would look at what appears, what sounds like the vibe that we've got for the station. We think, well, that's our sound. So this song's come out, it fits in with what we're doing. And a bunch of us will just sit down and we'll determine it and what have you. I mean, I've, I've worked in it long enough to know what I think is going to be a hit and what is going to fit in with our music proposition and not char with it. So that would be, be the case. But, I, you know, I mean, in terms of if you were a new artist and you wanted to kind of get on, a play on the radio, then you've got to, it's horses for courses, you've got to make sure that what you are selling fits with that radio station and then say, we would like to do stuff for this radio station. That's mm. the way to get you in. It is, it comes back to a lot of crossover in what I'm saying about, you know, how to get in, how to, you know, network and all of that kind of stuff. But that would be the thing to do. Yeah. I suppose, as you mentioned, it's important to sort of know who you're speaking to and mm. with the radio station. Do you think you're better off pitching to as many stations as you possibly can, or are you better off finding those number of shows that are specifically um, suited I, to I, you? I personally think, because of way the way things are now, pitching to a radio station, the likelihood is that because these radio stations will get a lot of that going on, um, most of it will just end up in the bin, to be honest with you. I've seen mm. it, and I've seen it happen. So I think that you can't just send in the the demo. You've got to send in a bit more about it. And you've got to say, we are a band and we have X amount of followers. We're doing this. We'd like to be involved in your radio station. So you've got to put like a sales pitch in. Yeah. You can't just let the music do the talking anymore. Yeah. Would you say that um, something like a press release is a good way of going about yeah, that? definitely. But the, the more, the radio station, commercial radio stations, for example, are obviously looking to make <clears> money <throat> from advertising. And therefore, they want to be able to point to an advertiser and tell them, look at how many people listen to our radio station. So if it's the case that you've got an artist that's got a big following, then on social media following, you know yourself, you could tran- you might be able to translate some of those followers into listeners. So it's of interest to the radio station to be playing that band's material. Mm. Um, so in going, going back quickly to press releases, because I think it's... Whilst, whilst pitching, as you said, it's it's a competitive field and it'll often be based on sort of social media and stuff. I think a press release can really sort of show mm. the direction that you're going in. Even if you don't have the most followers at the moment, you can yeah. show, look, this is what I'm doing. This is how we're developing. Yeah. And if you sort of imply to them, like, if you play us now, then you will sort of, you can be almost one of the first people to play us. Well, and when that's the other thing. I mean, there's a bit of kidology required there. You know, you've got to make these people, you've got to um, effectively get your radio station to buy into the vision that you're seeing. You know, yeah. if they believe that, you know what, this is a band, they, they're new, but potentially these could be having millions of followers. If you can persuade the art, the, not the artists, if you can persuade the radio station that this is where we're going, then yeah, that would be, that's that's the way to get it off the ground when you've not got the the online data to kind of throw at it to say, hey, look, this is what we're doing. But yeah, if your vision, it, it, unfortunately, 
the day and age we live in, everything is about selling now, selling you. Mm. And I, I think you've got to do that with your uh, with your product as well. You need to sell it yeah. and sell the vision of what you're going to be doing in the future. Yeah, I think I think the the way that you can sort of get that across and that vision is it's really important to sort of have that press release be sort of as professional as possible and sort of give you the sort of the the almost the prestige of being a bigger artist yeah. than you are. Mm. So how what do you sort of look for in a good press release? Oh, um, well, you, you want to see that they're working. You think, right, okay, if you just turn around and say, well, this person's saying they're doing this, but they're just in the, they're, they're in the rehearsals all the time. They're not getting out and gigging. So if I'm looking at it from the hard point of view, how much effort are they putting in mm. to being noticed? For, fundamentally, if the song's good, that will, it, you know, it will get you the interest anyway. But I think, you've, you know, there's a lot of times I've come across songs that were brilliant and I played them on the radio and they've gone on to be nothing because there's been no support network of around that product, you know, to say, this is the song we've got. This is where we're going with it. It's going to be here, there and everywhere. And if it hasn't got that, then it's like you say, you know, you, you, you can have, um, you know, if, 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 nobody, if people come looking for you, well, and nobody knows where your address is, they won't find you, mm. you know. So the music has got to be in there, but you've got to make sure that, you, you, you've sold the vision to people to say, this is where we're going to be. Listen to the song. The song's good. And we'll look at the work that we're doing in order to get this noticed. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that's interesting that I've, I've heard a story recently from a band called uh, Sterling Press, who are based in Liverpool at the moment, mm. about how they've managed to get their music played on, I think, BBC Radio 6 it was, and other big radio stations through giving going to the station itself and giving them some free merchandise or still mm. giving them physical copies. Yeah. Do you think stations and hosts still appreciate those sort of physical copies and merch and things or um, is that something you've not particularly experienced? I can only talk about what it used to be like when they used to get deluged with them years ago is that you just physically couldn't listen to everything. Mm. Um, we in this very studio, Andy McCluskey was here a few weeks back and Andy McCluskey was the front man of orchestral maneuvers in the dark. And he told the story of um, how their the song was never going to go anywhere. Right, I think it was in Nola Gale, or Electricity, and that was it. Mm. Um, basically, these I think it was Factory Records. I might, If I've got this story wrong, I do apologise. Mm. But uh, it was Factory Records owned by Anthony Wilson. And Anthony Wilson had this big bag of CDs, and his secretary said, uh, what are you doing with them? He said, oh, I'm taking them a tip. I'm getting all these demos sent in and everything, and she just happened to be looking through them. She said, mm. orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Well, she, she got, you've got to sign these. I said, no, no, why? He said, well, first of all, it's a great name. And then they put the song on and they got heard. It's just sort of so much. And it's even easier to delete an email than it is to, to, to yeah. be in a CD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, um, I think it's just about sort of said, making those personal connections I, I and trying to stand out. I, I see that every single day that a, an email will come through with a song. Every single day, without mm. fail, comes through. And the email just looks the same as any other email. It looks like an email that's coming yeah. from somebody that's just turning around and saying, is there any chance you can play some girls aloud or something like that? You've got to make sure that your email is a bit glossier. You, you yeah. know, there's plenty of, you know, templates where you can come up with, um, you know, like a, you can overlay your image onto some pretty sexy looking graphics mm. and say, this is what we're doing. Bang, you see that straight away. You're going to stop and look at it. But if it's just purely text, with loads of people saying, oh, everybody loves our <clears> song. <throat> you, 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 your gaze will not be focused yeah. on that. 
So first of all, if you're going to send an email, make sure you're accompanying it with some really, really good-looking graphics, professional-looking graphics, because people will take you more seriously and you get the attention. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, is that one of the sort of biggest red flags you'd look out for in an email? If you, if you, you simply, you, you've not, I'm going to say, you, you've not been bothered enough to make your email, you know, sexy enough for me to read it, then I'm not going to listen to it, you know. So the song could be marvellous, but you've got to, you know, if you got, sweets you know if you get a, a, a tasty looking sweet and you put it in a lousy wrapper then people won't buy it yeah you know so that's that's one way i would look at it yeah when there's when there's so much competition people will judge a book by its cover in that sense yeah. because it's just yeah, so yeah. much competition mm-hmm. yeah um so i suppose in a lot of cases when you when you sort of send that email or you sort of pitch to the radio you will you will fail in a lot of cases mm. and i, I would doubt that there is a single artist in the world who hasn't been rejected from a radio station at oh, some point God, yeah. who's pitched to one in the first place. Mm. So um, in your experience, what are sort of the common reasons why a radio submission might fail to sort of make a drop in the water? Um, probably because it doesn't, it jars with the output. You know, people listening saying, well, it's, it's not us that. Um, you know, the, the, the production of it as well will make a big difference. If it mm. sounds like it's been produced in someone's bedroom, <clears throat> that's not going to get it played. You, you get they're looking because as I say you don't have the pluggers you don't have the radio programmers as such now so you don't even might have a collective of people who are responsible for the music and they're looking for something that could be big down the line mm. you know so that that's the what it, the points I'm saying about <clears throat> the email if you think right well it looks like these guys are selling something that could be big that's the big key thing for me yeah I mean I think I think it's worth specifying as well that you say that you don't to they won't want to play something that sounds like it's been recorded in a bedroom. And I'd add to that that you can definitely record something in your bedroom that doesn't yeah. sound like it's been recorded in yeah, your bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's having that sort of radio quality. I think mastering as well is particularly important for radio. Mm, I yeah. found that when I first submitted music to uh, BBC Introducing, is that um, I got a, I got a line of feedback just saying it's not loud enough. So mm. The mix isn't loud enough and it doesn't sound, it's not going to fit with the rest of the music yeah. we're playing. Mm. Um, but how, when, where you can, how important is it to get feedback and what sort of questions should artists ask if they have any opportunity to get feedback from these stations or hosts? Well, take feedback. That is, that is the most mm. important thing. Um, and never consider yourself to be above it. I always have a personal example that I use. Um, <clears throat> before I got into radio, I was quite into amateur dramatics and I did okay at it you know I was like I'd go to a number of different places and I'd be given lead roles so I thought I was quite good at it and I remember doing this show one day and I was probably in my mid-twenties late-twenties when I was doing that and there was a lad he was only about 14 and we were rehearsing this big play and this lad said he said something to me about you're doing that wrong and I was like Mm. what? it's been (laughs) doing it wrong what do you know about it? And I, I didn't take any notice. And then I looked back at it and I thought, he's right. I am doing it wrong. Because some people will criticise you because they don't like you and they're mm. envious of what you do. Some people will like you and they <clears> criticise <throat> you. Not criticise you because they're encouraging you to be better. Mm. So if somebody is giving you constructive criticism, take it. You yeah. know what I mean? But if it's just a general hater, I'm afraid you're going to have to get used to that. Yeah, that's always going to happen. So there's always going to be people that don't like your music. But mm. I think in the case of pitching to radio stations, a, a radio host who doesn't know you, if they're willing to give you feedback, has no reason mm. to say something negative to make you feel bad you, about you yourself. You will very rarely come across an email 
that will say, could you play this song? And by the way, would, would you, can you can you give me an idea of what you thought of it? Any areas? Very rarely solicit <clears throat> for feedback. Yeah. And I think it is important that you should do that. Even if you created some very simple mark out of 10 for this, that they can ease. There's no point in asking a radio guy, can you do a big long essay about this? Yes, yeah. you're not going to get it. But if you can do something quick, yeah, I really thought this. What what did it sound like? Um, mark out of 10, stuff like that. Simple things like that. So that, you know, you are, but if could, the likelihood is that they've listened to it if they filled in some tiny little form to say that I think this song sounds like it's worth doing in that respect. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure some people will disagree, but I think in my opinion, whether you get your music played or manage to land into you on the radio or not, I would say that if you've emailed someone about your music potentially being played and the way you've emailed, getting an email back is almost a success in itself. Even yeah, if it's a no and there's definitely. any feedback, mm. even if it, even if it's just a very simple no, but maybe next time, yeah. to sort of I, building that relationship. And don't get worked up if you don't get a response because you've got to remember these people are very busy. You know, mm. um, it's, it's nothing <clears throat> personal, but get used to that. You've got to, you've got to get used to the rejection. You know, I mean, if you look at... Uh, Colonel Sanders, who uh, created KFC, mm. I think he was knocked back a thousand times for his chicken recipe, but he got one in the end. Yeah, he, 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 his tenacity brought him through. Is that the main piece of advice you'd have for artists to sort of stay motivated if they've yeah. faced rejections, just to keep just, going? Just because somebody doesn't like you, you might go through ten thousand people that don't like your music, and then somebody does, and that person could open the doors. Any final pieces of advice that you'd have for anyone looking to get onto the radio? Do, I, I go back to what I mentioned earlier about. Um, contacts this is the most thing builds your confidence up as well because in order to sell yourself you need to be confident and, mm. and confidence is not something that you're born with it is something that you have to develop and it is not something that you might think well I'm not a confident person I'm never going to achieve that you will you do that by speaking it's just practice by speaking to people just go into a, if you go into a news agent you you know you you buy a newspaper have a little conversation with the person that you are, even if you just said, how's it, the weather's, <clears throat> weather's pretty miserable today, isn't it? It just gets you used to speaking to people yeah. in an instant environment. So that when you turn around, if somebody says, oh, come in and tell me about your song, and you go to pieces because you're not a confident person, won't help. But as I say, I'm not talking about exuding confidence, but confidence enough to be able to have a conversation. I had a guy who came in today uh, who was work experience guy. So he's 16, 15, actually. And... You know, he came across very confident, not cocky, but he he, he could hold a conversation. Yeah. And you think, wow, yeah, well, you know, he sold himself there, you know, and he, he could come and do more stuff with us. So that's the thing, you know, believe in what you're selling, make sure you can sell it well, um, but don't be arrogant about it and that, you know, and try and build those relationships that will ultimately get you in the shop window you want to be in. Mm-hmm.